Welcome to the podcast, Biblical Greek in Action, by Dr. Bill Mounts. Here, you will be encouraged in your pursuit of Biblical Greek, challenged to go deeper in your Bible study, and encouraged in your spiritual walk. Today's blog is on literally, there is no such thing as literal. I have learned that the word literal should be banned from all discussion of translation. Most of the time, its use assumes the conclusion. Someone will say they want a literal Bible, by which they mean word for word, which they then assume means accurate. By their very definition of the term literal, the conclusion of the debate is assumed. The problem is that this simply is not what the word literal means. The basic meaning of literal has to do with meaning, not form. It denotes the actual factual meaning of something, quote, free from exaggeration or embellishment, Merriam-Webster. The American Heritage Dictionary defines literal as, quote, being in accordance with, conforming to, or upholding the exact or primary meaning of a word or words, word for word, verbatim, avoiding exaggeration, metaphor, or embellishment, end quote. Hence, a literal translation is one that is faithful to the meaning of the original author, using words with their basic meaning, not exaggerating or embellishing the original meaning. The Oxford English Dictionary's primary definition of literal is, quote, free from metaphor, allegory, and so forth. Theologically, originally in the context of a traditional distinction between the literal sense and various spiritual senses of a sacred text, designating or relating to the sense intended by the author of the text, normally discovered by taking the words in their natural or customary meaning in the context of the text as a whole, without regard to an ulterior spiritual or symbolic meaning. End quote. Note the emphasis on meaning, not form. Quote, literal sense versus spiritual sense. Quote, customary meaning. Understanding a word, quote, in the context of the text as a whole, opposed to, quote, symbolic meaning. Nowhere in this definition do you find anything akin to form to thinking that a literal translation would translate indicative verbs as indicative or participles as dependent constructions? The word literal has to do with meaning, not form. The American Heritage Dictionary has the example, quote, the 300,000 Unionists will be literally thrown to the wolves, end quote. Of course, a speaker literally does not want the Unionists to be torn apart by animals. Another dictionary speaks of, quote, 15 years of literal hell, end quote. But that does not mean hell, at least not literally. If we were to follow the definition of literal, often used in discussions of Bible translation, then none of us would read English Bibles. Instead, we would be reading interlinears. We would turn to John 3:16 and read, in this way, for he loved the God, the world, so that the Son, the only he gave, in order that each, the believing into him, not he perish, but he has life eternal. 
And these are the English words that represent the Greek words. But no one thinks this is translation, so why would someone ask for a literal translation of the Bible? Any publisher that advertises that their Bible is a literal translation should only be selling interlinears. My friend Mark Strauss, also on the CBT, makes the point that even a word does not have a literal meaning, but rather what we call a semantic range. I like to refer to words as having a bundle of sticks, with each stick representing a different, but perhaps related, meaning. Certainly one of the sticks may be larger than the rest, representing the most frequently used meaning of the word, or what we teach in first-year Greek as the, quote, gloss, but it is only one among many. So if you were producing a literal Bible, how would you find the literal meaning of a word? Well, a first-year Greek gloss, perhaps, but not the meaning of the word. Mark uses the example of the word key. What does key literally mean? Well, the answer that it has no literal meaning. It has no core meaning. There is no big stick in this bundle. Did you lose your key? What is the key to the puzzle? What's the key point? What key is that song in? Press the A key. He shoots best from the key. I first ate key lime pie in Key West in the Florida Keys. So what is the literal meaning of the Greek word sarks? The NIV, the 1984 version, has been heavily criticized for translating sarks as context requires. But even the ESV uses but even the ESV uses 24 different English words to translate that one Greek word. The Greek word sarks has no quote literal meaning. Its main non-figurative use may be flesh, its biggest stick in the bundle. But why would we think that flesh is its literal meaning? This is why it is impossible to bring all the nuances of the Greek and Hebrew into English. Words are much too rich in meaning to be encapsulated into a single gloss. The more functional the translation, the easier it is to bring more of the meaning over. Jesus is our helasmos, our propitiation, NASB, our expiation, RSV. But the NIV helps the reader by being a little more explanatory by using, quote, atoning sacrifice. And the NLT says, quote, sacrifice that atones for our sins. This is in 1 John 2, 2. For formal equivalent translations like the NASB or ESV, nuances of meaning will, by necessity, be lost. You can expand this argument concerning the word literal by looking at metaphors. What is the literal meaning of a metaphor? No one argues that every metaphor should be translated word for word, because that would generally be meaningless. But that's the point. What is the primary criteria that controls our translation? Is it attention to form or meaning that creates an accurate translation? The fact that metaphors almost always need to be interpreted shows that meaning is primary to form. We would never say, quote, cover your feet for using the toilet, or, quote, having in the womb for being pregnant. <laughs> I was teaching in China several years back and talked about straddling the fence. I stopped and asked my translator how she handled that idiom. Well, it turns out there is a similar but not exact idiom in Mandarin about having each foot on a different boat. 
but most idioms do not have even approximate equivalents and hence cannot be translated word for word. Translating idioms is almost impossible for any type of translation, but especially for a Bible that claims to be literal. In order to say that God was patient, Hebrew says that he has a, quote, long nose, which is brought into the King James with the phrase long-suffering. But the Hebrew author never meant to convey the idea that God has a protruding proboscis. It's an idiom, which means that the meaning of the individual words do not add up to the meaning of the phrase. In other words, it would be misleading to translate just the words. We have to translate the meaning conveyed by the words. The same argument can be made with non-idioms, such as a genitive phrase. Hebrews 1.3 says that Jesus, quote, upholds all things by the word of his power, end quote. This is basically word for word what the Greek says. The problem, of course, is that the translation doesn't mean anything. I could understand the power of his word, but not the reverse. The Greek word dunameos is clearly an Hebraic genitive, and hence the NLT translates, he sings everything by the mighty power of his command. A literal translation would produce a meaningless phrase by the word of his power if all it did was translate words. One of the truths that I have learned since coming on the CBT is that the word literal should never be used in a discussion of translation because it is so readily misunderstood. But if used, it should be used accurately. A literal translation has very little to do with form. A literal translation is one that conveys the meaning of the original text into the receptor language without exaggeration or embellishment. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating in iTunes if you think we deserve it. If you have an Amazon Echo, just say, Alexa, open any pod and play the Biblical Greek in Action podcast. And be sure to tell your friends.